Our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Eric Hoffer once said, The hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. Welcome to Christian Questions. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. You might say that ours is a long-term approach as we've been broadcasting the good news of the gospel for over 19 years. I'm Jonathan, and that long-term different perspective has its basis in three things. Godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, always done in a politically free zone. Rick, today is our 996th broadcast, and we've talked the gospel with listeners on several talk radio stations throughout the eastern and central United States for many years. And we figured it was time to bring the good news to the whole world by way of podcasting, so here we are. We thank you for joining us today. This is a contact-friendly format, and we welcome your thoughts via email, website, messages, Facebook, chat board, so forth and so on. Let's get started. Jonathan, what's going to be the topic for today? Well, Rick, our question is, how do I make gratitude my companion? And our theme text is found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. So it's about gratitude today. And and look, human nature is a funny thing. We live in an age of instant gratification, an age of virtually no waiting for anything. We send a text, a tweet, a message, or we post, and our expectation is for an almost instant answer or follow or response or reaction. What we want, we not only assume we can get, we assume we can get it immediately in just the right color, brand, and style. Getting and having have become so easy and expected that we have begun to overlook the value of patience, waiting, and doing without. Human nature is a funny thing. In this age of abundance, we are experiencing a very high rate of dissatisfaction and unhappiness. Why? Well, one reason is that we've all but forgotten the, pre- the preserving and healing power of gratitude. It's simple. For happiness and contentment to flourish, they require gratitude to be their constant companion. So let's take a look and see how all of this works. And Jonathan, that's what we're doing today. It's all about gratitude. Obviously, Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday. So we are preparing ourselves for Thanksgiving ahead of time by saying, how can we have more gratitude? So folks, with this subject, as with all subjects, it's always our objective to um, approach it in a biblical and very relevant, practical way. We search out the original context of the scriptures that we cite. We try and find their true meaning and combine those scriptures with the pressing issues of our day to give you something to really think about. And don't forget, simply go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live for the live audio and chat room. Chat with fellow listeners around the world, and we may even include your comments on the air. Okay, so we'd love to get you involved via chat, so ChristianQuestions.com is a place to go for that. So, Jonathan, as we begin the conversation about gratitude, 
uh, and look, you know, when, when you were a kid, now, and, you know, I could get verification on this because, folks, you know, Jonathan's on a little video screen in front of me, and his parents are up visiting from Delaware, and I can see them sitting in behind in behind Uh-oh. him, so hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to ask them anything, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the comment here is when you were a kid, you were hopefully taught to say thank you, right? I was indeed. All right. Now, if you remember... That was a lesson that probably needed constant reinforcement as our natural childlike focus was always on ourselves. That's true. So your parents, were you a, were you a tough kid with that? Like, oh, okay, thank you, that kind of thing? Well, once, once I learned it, I learned it. All right. I think I was pretty good at it. Okay, I wasn't as good at it. I, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't have been as good at it so I could commiserate, but thanks for that. anyway the idea though is as a child really the world really does revolve around you that's what you think because it's all about your very basic needs to survive and so coming up growing up into gratitude is a process and a learning experience and not only is it a learning experience but it's the type of experience that needs to be uh, relearned again and again and again and folks the further we go into gratitude the stronger our life will be in terms of Christ-likeness and in terms of positive effect on those people around us. So we're going to put that in place just as a beginning. Let's go to a soundbite from The Amazing Effects of Gratitude. This is from uh, Braincraft. And uh, this, this kind of sets things off exactly on the right foot in terms of the power of gratitude. Back in ancient Rome, the philosopher Cicero described gratitude as the mother of all virtues. This concept of being thankful has been stressed in religion and philosophy for a long time. Back in 1820, Scottish philosopher Thomas Brown defined gratitude as that delightful emotion of love to him who has conferred a kindness on us. But scientifically, gratitude doesn't qualify as a basic emotion like joy, sadness, or anger. There's no universal facial expression for it. As an emotion, gratitude is a little hard to define. You know, I never thought about that before hearing that sound soundbite, that there is no basic facial expression for gratitude. You know, you can see when someone's angry. You can see when someone's sad. You can see when someone's happy. But how do you tell when someone has gratitude? It's kind of an interesting thing, and that's one of the reasons why it's something that we have to really work at developing. So what what she said there, Jonathan, was gratitude may be hard to define because it needs strong cultivation. So let's take a look at a basic scriptural tutorial on some of the whys and hows of gratitude. And this is just by way of warming up for the subject of gratitude. We're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. And Jonathan, there's going to be four points in this little tutorial. And the first point is going to be that we have been redeemed by no efforts of our own, so we need to learn to say thank you for that. Let's go with verse 15. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of the lips that gives thanks in his name. So the interesting thing about that is we're offering up a sacrifice of praise. And and, and the sacrifice of praise is to God, and it says through him. Through Jesus, that sacrifice of praise 
should be offered because of, it's because of Jesus that we have that ability and that privilege to offer that sacrifice of praise. Now, Jonathan, when you think of that phrase, sacrifice of praise, what what do you think about it? I mean, is it something like, a lot of times you think of a sacrifice, it's like, oh, it's going to hurt, man. You know, I got to sacrifice to do this. But is that is that what's really here? No, to me, it's like, it's the least you can do is is offer that praise. It's that willingness to say, oh, I need to offer praise because of what I've been given. So the idea of sacrifice is the idea of offering. And and so what you said fits perfectly. You know, the least I can do is offer praise. That's what a sacrifice of praise is, to give it where it belongs. And it doesn't have to be hard. and doesn't have to be painful. It could be a joyous thing. So, you know, one of the first things in this little tutorial to warm us up is that we have been redeemed by no efforts of our own. By grace. Right. So say thank you. Just say thank you and mean that thank you. The second point in this little tutorial to get us started. Well, what's the second point? Go ahead. Well, Rick, it's now that we've said it, let us prove our words by doing it in a small way what was done for us. Okay. So let's take a look then at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 to back that up. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So this is interesting because the sacrifice of praise is the basis. The fruit of our lips give thanks to his name. And then right after that, the apostle says, and don't forget to do good and to share. Because with such sacrifices, with such offerings, God is pleased. So saying it sets a new expectation to live in a different way. And that's part of what gratitude is. There's a lot of components to gratitude we're going to be talking about through this podcast. But saying it, saying thank you is transformative in a lot of ways because it helps us to want to live more thankfully, not just say the words. So we've got those first two points. We've been redeemed. Let's say thank you. And now let's prove that thank you with our actions by wanting to pay it forward, if you will. Give what we've been given. Of course, we can't give what Jesus gave us, but we can certainly give our our little bit. What's the third little point here? Well, Rick, gratitude is further expressed by our graciously working within God's design for our growth. All right. Graciously working within God's design for our growth. What do we mean by that? Well, let's go to Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. So the next point is to be humble, graciously work within the arrangement of how God set up for Christianity to work. Now, a lot of churches have gone way overboard on this. We're not, this is not a discussion on that. But really, we understand the arrangement of the church, the Greek word is ecclesia, is to have those, those members of that local group be the teachers, the pastors. And what this is saying is work with them, work through them. They're in position to help you. You put them in that position, so let them do their work. So there's a graciousness in this gratitude. What's the fourth point? Finally, our gratitude is expressed by applying the privileges of grace we have been given to others. All right. So applying the privileges of grace we've been given to others, and that's reflected in Hebrews 13, verse 18. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience 
desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. So the apostle is saying, look, pray for us because we want to express and continue to put forward the things that we have been given. So it is a, that's part of what gratitude does. It changes the way you think. It changes what's important to you in your life. The sacrifice of praise. We already talked about that a little bit. The living of our gratitude is all about the quality of our sacrificial life. You know, as a Christian, we're supposed to live a life of sacrifice. We're supposed to follow in Jesus' footsteps. That's not supposed to be easy. But it is not, so it doesn't have to be miserable either. Just because something. It's all about the attitude. Right. So something can be very difficult, but you can have gratitude in that great difficulty, and you can have joy in that great difficulty, and so forth. So, as a matter of fact, let's go to the health benefits of gratitude. YouTube video from the John Templeton Foundation, uh, Gratitude is Good for You. And again, this is about gratitude's health benefits. And folks, listen, listen to the list of health benefits here. Do you want to be happier, healthier, and an all-around better person? There's a way that is free, easy, and totally up to you. It's gratitude. Gratitude is much more than saying thanks. It's a way of seeing the world. And with practice, we can train ourselves to feel gratitude more frequently and powerfully. The scientific evidence is clear. Practicing gratitude is good for you and your loved ones. Grateful people get sick less, have healthier hearts, exercise more, get better sleep. Had to cut it off because there's more to come later. Uh, but, you know, it gives you a sense that, look, you're, you're physically better off when you live with gratitude you feel better you act better you probably even look better and it doesn't cost you anything it's free (laughs) well you know and that's the beauty of it is it is gratitude is free and again this is the thanksgiving week and we just really wanted to focus on the idea of gratitude in our lives in a very practical sense to make it really really work so jonathan this next phrase is sort of a kind of a building block kind of a phrase. So go, go through it, then we're going to go break it down. Christian gratitude is the foundation for true godliness, which is the foundation for true contentment, which is the foundation for true happiness. So there's a lot of foundations there. But when you, and here's the thing, everybody wants to be happy, right? I mean, everybody wants Absolutely. to be happy in their lives. Well, how do you find happiness? You find happiness by finding contentment. All right? Well, what does it mean? How do you find contentment? Contentment for a Christian is found in godliness. Because we, and, and well, Scripture we're going to read is going to tell you exactly that in just a second, but to just follow through on this. Contentment's found in godliness and putting things in a godly fashion. And godliness is truly founded in gratitude because gratitude is the basic building block that will lead to happiness if you allow it to. And this is a powerful, powerful way to build a happy life just by these four things, gratitude, godliness, contentment, happiness. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. So he's talking about godliness is a means of great gain when you have contentment with it. And so the the idea is true contentment, 
is a result of true perspective. That's where true contentment comes from is because you can't fake contentment. So you have to have a good perspective to find uh, contentment. True perspective can only be achieved through true gratitude. And true gratitude can only be mastered by applying our trials to holiness. So it's going to come back to two things every time, Jonathan. It's going to come back to gratitude's the base and finding how to find gratitude even when things aren't great or when things are so-so or when things are bad or things are terrible, or when there's tragedy. You see, there's always room for gratitude in all of those things. So what's uh, our first basic gratitude lesson here? Well, Rick, gratitude is not natural in our imperfect selves. That's an important, straightforward, clear-cut lesson. Gratitude is not natural in our imperfect selves. See, knowing this will help us to make continual conscious efforts to keep gratitude in the front part of our minds. And if we are not making the effort to keep gratitude in the front of our minds, it will not go there by itself. So one of the key things about gratitude is, look, it's not natural, understand it. But understand, it's like a miracle drug. You know, everybody looks for the miracle drug, the fountain of youth and all of that. I am telling you, gratitude is as close as you're going to get to any of those things in this world. So, I mean, look, you would think that something so good for us would be what we would want to do. Do you want to be happier, Whoops. healthier? Yes, we do want to be happier and healthier. But, <laughs> again, you'd think something like this would be so, you know, so good for us is what we would want to be doing every single day of our lives. You would think so, but it can be difficult. Mastering gratitude sounds like a long journey. Are there specific steps we should take to begin? We're podcasting live every Monday night from 8 to 9.30. You can talk to us direct through our chat at ChristianQuestions.com. We also welcome your comments or questions any day of the week. Just hit the Contact Us button. We're now out of the starting gate. Let's pick up the pace for tonight's topic. Jonathan, didn't someone once say that every journey begins with a single step? For us, this journey toward gratitude can begin in a lot of different ways depending on one's life circumstances. We'd like to suggest four, a four-step process. Okay, so here's the meat of our podcast today. A four-step process to generally help us in making gratitude our constant companion. So, Jonathan, this four-step approach to adopting gratitude as your lifelong companion is going to use an acronym. What's the word we're going to focus on? Well, Rick, I'm glad you're going to use an acronym. Ac- acronym because it's an easy thing to remember, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's hard to say acronym, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but, but I'm glad you're doing it. I'm really glad. Okay, so what's the word? Glad. Oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> All right, so the word glad, G-L-A-D. That's the acronym for these four, this four-step approach to adopting gratitude as a lifelong companion for your life. So G is the first letter in the word glad. Uh, so, Jonathan, what does G stand for? Well, Rick, it represents generate. Generate an awareness of your surroundings. Okay. Generate. When you generate something, you are putting something out. There, there's energy, there's effort going out when you generate. So often, we go, th- and tell me if this doesn't sound familiar, folks, as you look at your own lives. So often, we go through the activities of our lives by rote. We know the drill. We accept the drill, and we comply with the drill. Now, that might get the job done, 
but it does not lift us to any kind of higher level. See, it's we just go through life and, you know, I just want to get through today. Oh, I just can't wait to get home so I can, you know, stop working. And then you're at home and it's like, oh, I can't wait till my TV show's on. And then your show's over and, oh, I can't wait until this. And then I got to go to bed. And then get up in the morning and, okay, I got to just get through work. If I can just get to lunchtime. If I can just get, you know, it's, it's, it's rote. And unfortunately, if, if we go through our lives like that, we are missing something enormous in our lives. The idea is to find something bigger, generate an awareness of your surroundings. That's where we want to focus on here. Uh, let's go back to the amazing effects of gratitude from Braincraft. And it's going to give a definition of gratitude and give some interesting uh, physiological effects that gratitude has in the brain. Today, the Oxford Dictionary defines gratitude as the quality or condition of being thankful, the appreciation of an inclination to return kindness. And we've only really started to study gratitude scientifically in the past 30 years. In a 2015 study, participants were asked to imagine how they would feel if a complete stranger saved their life. I mean, how would you feel? The participants had to rate how grateful they were to strangers who provided them with gifts of food or clothing, or while they had their brains scanned in an fMRI machine. Researchers found their ratings of gratitude positively correlated with activity in brain areas associated with fairness and value judgments. It makes sense because gratitude is often thought of as a moral emotion. So fairness and value judgments, that's where true gratitude comes from. So really what that's telling you is you can't fake real gratitude because if it's stimulated in those parts of the brain that deal with fairness and, and moral judgment, that's not something you fake. And if you fake gratitude and you, and you say, yeah, I'm really happy about this, it's, it's not going to be life-changing and the people that are hearing it aren't going to have any kind of positive effect from it either. A great quote here from Wayne Dyer. Give yourself a gift of five minutes of contemplation in awe of everything you see around you. Go outside and turn your attention to the many miracles around you. This five-minute-a-day regimen of appreciation and gratitude will help you to focus your life in awe. And there's an interesting point there because he's talking about five minutes of contemplation in awe. And then he goes back to being in awe. We don't spend enough of our lives in awe of anything. And when you are in awe, there's a sense of gratitude that comes with it. If it's true, if it's legitimate, if it's not just an emotional thing. And so the idea of this five-minute gift of contemplating, of just stopping and thinking and looking at the bigness of the goodness that you're surrounded with, even if your life has a bunch of badness, I am telling you there's still goodness inside of there. So, and, and Rick, I have a little thing. When I let the dog out at night and I look up at the stars and the belt of Orion is kind of right right in front of me. And I, I remember the prophecy of how the, the belt is loosed and how God is making those three stars separate themselves. And that just gives me an awe of that's my heavenly father doing this. Well, you know, And the interesting thing about that, Jonathan, is you know, you can look at that and you can try to be critical of it and say, okay, so Jonathan, you mean to tell me that you go outside and every, every night you look up, it's the same thing? And the answer is yes. 
it's the same thing because it is so big and it's so powerful and it's so glorious and it's and it so much shows the power of God that how can you how can you not be in exactly. awe of the same exactly. thing a thousand times? You got it. And, and see, that's how gratitude can be life changing. You allow those moments to to, uh, to 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 percolate inside of you. So again, generate. Be aware of your surroundings. God's very nature is to bless and to provide. This is a basic realization. If we can get this, that his very nature is to bless and provide, then the awe that you're talking about comes a whole lot more easily. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 to 15, we're going to break it up into pieces. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So it's saying that because God's nature is to bless, those who serve him will be fully equipped for service. And that's an amazing thing because God has a very nature that he wants to bless. When he created mankind, it was be fruitful and multiply and, 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 and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. He wanted mankind to experience the greatness of what he gave them. And his very nature here is to be a blessing. Too often we get tied up in, well, God must be mad. Well, yeah, you know what? He's not happy with the way the world is. But it's still, his nature is to bless. And his anger is out of his desire to bless. And that's something we need to have gratitude for and be able to put in perspective. On to verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 9. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. So we praise him for his equipping. And then that spills over to those outside the faith. And Jonathan, that's one of the important things about gratitude is when gratitude is, is in operation, when it's fully operational in someone's life, no matter who's coming by them, should get a sense about them. Maybe it's not really, really, really outward, but they should get a sense about that person of, as being uh, contented or genuinely happy or just different than everybody else. Because we carry, we all carry a level of energy with us. Gratitude produces energy. Now, it does it different ways in different people. We're going to get to that later on. But it's really important to understand that if we are seeing God as a blesser, then we can be sure that we will be well equipped for whatever it is that we have to do. When we need to generate. Right. Generate. G. Generate. Glad. That's the first letter. Generate an awareness of your surroundings. Know what's around you. Take a look from a different perspective. Verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 13 through 15, I'm sorry. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to confessing of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all, while they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And Rick, my thought on that verse was that surpassing grace of God that he gave us, our hope and desire should be to be a blessing to others 
because he freely gave to us, we should freely give to others. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I stole your word there. But, <laughs> but that is such an important point. Because we have freely been given to, there is, you know, what that does, Jonathan, is, is it puts no, uh, no, uh, no reins on our giving. If the gift that we've been given has freely been given, then by all means, just freely let it pour out of you. And there's something amazing that happens with that. There is so much to stop, consider, and be grateful for. It's great to know the drill. Remember, everybody knows the drill and abides by the drill. It's great to know the drill, but it's greater to live with gratitude because gratitude takes the drill and makes it a thrill. Okay? It just it <laughs> elevates it to something different. That's what happens. So, Jonathan, now, you know what it's time for? It's time for a thankfulness quiz. And I'm going to quiz you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, before you do that, Rick, um, sign up for CQ Rewind at ChristianQuestions.com. Hit the newsletter sign up tab and register for the CQ Rewind outline full of graphics and illustrations, a topical Bible study sent to you every week. All right. So CQ Rewind is a free service available through your Christian Questions app or at ChristianQuestions.com. I'm still going to quiz you. I was hoping you forgot. Yeah, well, you know, I do tend to forget things, but not that quick. Um, so, Jonathan, there's going to be a little song here, a cute little song. I'm going to stop it in the middle, and we're just going to ask you, you know, what, what's happening? What's the gratitude? What, what's it about here? So, you ready? Okay. Okay. I thank God for this day, for the sun in the sky, for my mom and my dad, for my piece of apple pie, for our home Okay. Well, I heard it's about pie. Now, <laughs> now my mom, when she comes for Thanksgiving, cooks me a mincemeat pie every year. So I'm really happy. Well, really, Rick, it's about the <laughs> basics of life, the little things. Yes. You know, I thank for, I'm thankful for my mom and dad, for the sun in the sky, for my piece of apple pie. It is. And sometimes if we can just generate the awareness of all of the little things— it's a great way to begin to understand gratitude, and that's really going to be what we're going to be focusing on in the next uh, segment, is, is, is putting that uh, in place. Let me just finish the, the rest of this verse of the song. This is a VeggieTale song, incidentally, if you couldn't guess. Uh, it's called the Thankfulness Song, but we'll just finish off this verse. Because a thankful heart is a happy heart. I'm grateful what I have. That's an easy way to start for the love. You know, we look at that and we say, yeah, what a cute little thing and all and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it, it is a cute little thing, but it is full of the basic premises that help adults to find gratitude. So it may be a cute little thing for kids, but it's full of wisdom if you want to have happiness in your life because gratitude is where you start with all of that. So if, it's, if gratitude for simple and obvious things in life is good enough for kids, it should be good enough for us. That's the way Amen. I see it. Okay. There's a problem with that, Jonathan, and, and the problem is generating awareness to your surroundings doesn't always lead to gratitude because you can look around and say, wow, this is pretty lousy, <laughs> you know, and could be factual, okay? Let, let's, sure. take, let, let's take a look at a biblical example of 
surroundings that weren't really, at the beginning anyway, a cause for gratitude. Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Well, let's do 7 and 8 to start. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. So now the Apostle Paul is saying that, okay, something was happening and it was he understood it was to keep him humble, but he wanted it to go away because he felt like he could work harder and do more and be more uh, successful for God's cause. And so he praised, praised, praised the Lord three different times about this. He's not happy about this thorn in the flesh. He's looking, he's asking for it to be removed because he feels like it's hindering him. So he looked around, he generated an awareness of his surroundings and said, ah, this isn't good. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't what I see should be. Lord, please take it away. I can work harder. And, you know, I'm sure the Apostle Paul was absolutely genuine in that. That was his reason. What was his answer? And we all know this scripture. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now let's go to 9 through uh, 10. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ might dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong." So the Apostle Paul learned something valuable. What he saw as a problem ended up to be a blessing for which he was grateful. That's powerful stuff. And if he can do it, we can certainly learn to try to do that as well. What's our gratitude lesson here? Gratitude can be found in our surroundings, but sometimes you need to look twice or three times, <laughs> or even more. And let me let me just give you just a, a, a moment's quick example about that. Um, now, Jonathan, you know me. I'm not really what you would call an animal person, right? Right. Okay. Well, you know, now my wife is a very much an animal person. We have two small dogs, and you know, I will confess. You know, one dog was a lot for me. Two dogs was monumental. <laughs> but we're good, and I'm you know I'm I'm really really happy with that. Well. Just let me tell you a little experience that happened. My daughter and her husband bought a house in July, and there was this big storm that came through the area, what, uh, about three weeks ago now? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it blew a tree over right on top of their house, and it smashed the roof in, and we got the call in the middle of the night, and they came to our house, my daughter, Emily, her husband, Don, their cat, and their dog. Oh, boy. (laughs) And yes, and they have been living with us since. So now me... I have to generate an awareness of my surroundings. Now, here's what here's my initial awareness. Animals are everywhere. Run. <laughs> that's look, I'm being honest with you. That's my initial reaction to that. But what I have had to learn, and it has not been easy, my friend, is to find the goodness when their dog plays with our little dog and bats him around and, and then the dog doesn't, you know, can't, can't handle it because he's too little. And our other dog wants to eat their cat, you know? <laughs> well, and you think, well, where, where's the gratitude in that? Well, this is a story I'll continue as we go through our podcast. But it's an example of you look around and sometimes you, you say, wait a minute, this wasn't the script. This is not not what I was expecting to have happening in my life here. So look, the potential for gratitude surrounds us, 
it should be pretty easy to identify, right? Not so fast, Rick. Think about this. I start with an awareness of my surroundings. What if those surroundings really aren't very good? Okay, good question. Talk to us during our live Monday night podcast from 8 to 9.30 every week. If you're listening through our app, just hit the message button. If you're on ChristianQuestions.com, click on chat at the bottom of your screen. As our discussion continues, it is inevitable when we start to answer questions that more questions appear. Let's see how this expands. And Jonathan, sometimes we're surrounded by pretty lousy circumstances, and as a result, we don't expect to see gratitude jump out in our face and say, hey, look at me. Such is life. But this does not mean that our gratitude search is over. On the contrary, it simply means that the gratitude we do find will be that much more valuable. So be glad. Remember, G was for generating awareness of our surroundings. And we're going to get to the next letter in a moment. Before we do that, though, let's go to a quote from Gilbert K. Chesterton. When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. And what that's saying is it's a choice. The way we manage our lives is absolutely a choice. Gratitude is a choice that we can look for it, identify it, and adopt it, or we can just bypass it. And it's really easy to bypass it. Matter of fact, it's natural to bypass it. And when we do, we miss out on some of the greatest life-changing experiences we could ever imagine. So again, G was for generating awareness of our surroundings, okay? And like I said, three dogs and a cat for a guy (laughs) who's not necessarily an animal person, okay? All right. Um, so let's, uh, what, what is L f- from the, the acronym for GLAD? Well, Rick, L is for learn. Learn to find and focus on things that naturally bring gratitude, no matter how basic. Okay. Find and focus things that naturally bring gratitude, whatever, however basic they are. So back to basics is always reliable when starting a new habit and attracting a gratitude mindset. And see, attracting the gratitude mindset requires new ways to see the old, common, and the unremarkable. Because a lot of our gratitude can be found in the unremarkable if we look at it long enough. So you've got to learn to look, learn to find things that would naturally bring gratitude. So let's go to another John Templeton Foundation uh, soundbite from Gratitude is Good for You. And this one's gonna be talking about social benefits of gratitude. Grateful people are more optimistic, overcome adversity better, find greater joy in life. Grateful people are more generous with their time and money, are more forgiving, and build better relationships with loved ones. Just like strengthening muscles, you can build gratitude simply by exercising it. So, how do you develop an attitude of gratitude? Take the first step now. Write a letter to someone you know and tell them why you are grateful for them. Or think about the blessings you may take for granted. Or start a gratitude journal at elementofgratitude.org and get serious about becoming more grateful. Thanks for watching. Well, there you go. There's some social benefits there and uh, some, some good tips on uh, applying gratitude. So that was about social benefits. Now let's talk about social media. 
Receive daily inspiration and hope. Find us at CQ Bible Podcast on Facebook, CQ Bible Podcast on Instagram, CQ Bible Podcast on Twitter, and CQ Bible Podcast on YouTube. That's all one word, CQ Bible Podcast, social media used for good, and you'll be glad. That's right. (laughs) Used for good and used for gratitude. Think about social media like you never have before. And folks, really, one of our goals at Christian Questions is to take the social media world and infuse it with goodness and infuse it with reasons for gratitude. And you can help us with that by following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and so forth. And all you need to remember is CQ Bible Podcast. I mean, you said that about 17 times. <laughs> I am so glad you did. <laughs> all right, so, so Jonathan, let's get back focused here. To rejoice in the Lord is to live our Christian gratitude daily. Rejoicing does, is not emotion. Rejoicing is a state of being. It's not emotion And that's to live our Christian gratitude daily. This doesn't just happen. It's a learned behavior. There's two simple steps to attaining a rejoicing Christian attitude of gratitude. Okay, so within this learning, learning to find and focus on things that naturally bring gratitude, let's take these two little subsets, if you will, that are shown to us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. So right there, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Well, look, maybe your spirit's not as gentle as it ought to be. Maybe that that spirit of yours really needs to be shaved around the edges a whole bunch. Oh, yeah, you got it. (laughs) I'm working on it, brother. (laughs) Well, what do we do with that? See, to me, Jonathan, the idea is if we are rejoicing in the Lord, we are going to put forth the best of what we have to offer even if it's still a little rough around the edges. Because the more you put it forth, the better you can polish it. Because if you don't bring it out, it's not going to get the attention it needs. So we have to express our lives because we're rejoicing in the Lord. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So be anxious for nothing. That is a podcast all by itself. (laughs) That's for sure. How do you get to the point of being anxious for nothing? But it says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Why would you do that? Because God is built to bless. Now, God's blessings come in his way, in his time, for his purposes. But he's still built to bless. So if we are willing to want his will and his way and his time and his purposes then if we bring all of these things to him, he will bless us. You just can't expect to be blessed in the way that you dictate to God. Well, dear Lord, I'm in a tough spot. I need you to send me an extra $10,000. You know, I'll wait till tomorrow. It's okay, you know, because I know FedEx takes a day. You know, (laughs) you can't be thinking like that. It's got to be about his way and his blessing, Jonathan, is better than the $10,000. Because his blessings end up being eternal. Focused on Christ-like behavior and prayerful, thankful living and allow the door of God's peace to open. Just allow it to open. It wants to open. God's peace wants to open to you if you're following Christ. Why don't you let that door open? Verse 7 of Philippians 4. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, talk about further cause for gratitude. The peace of God which surpasses understanding. Think about 
something that surpasses understanding. And think about what that is guarding your heart and your mind. I mean, Jonathan, there's nothing better than that. That's for sure. And we can't get there without gratitude, though. You just can't get there without gratitude. Once we find the state of mind, we need to learn how to keep the state of mind because L is for learn. The best learning comes by doing. Okay, verse 8, and this is a verse that we quote a lot, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. But Jonathan, this is a doing verse. This is how we learn, by doing, not just thinking about, not just reading and saying, oh, that sounds so nice, but by doing what's in this verse. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. To dwell is to take action. You are plopping yourself someplace specific. This is where I'm planting my flag. Dwell on these things. True, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute. This is how we learn to find those things that naturally bring gratitude. See, Jonathan, this is the hint. What's true? That naturally brings gratitude. What's honorable? That will naturally bring gratitude. What's right? That will naturally bring gratitude. This is how we find those things. Even in the midst of messy, messy life experiences, this still does exist. So Jonathan, here's the next, next point here. Take, take us to this next point because this is a really key uh, learning point. Well, Rick, for gratitude to dwell with us, we must be willing to dwell where it flourish, in the presence of godly thoughts and behaviors. See, God, gratitude flourishes in the presence of godly thoughts and godly behavior. If you want gratitude, you have to move. You have to move to where gratitude lives. Because gratitude can come to live where you live, but it's not going to stay. Because you're going to have to keep reinviting it. So why don't we just go to where gratitude lives? Godly behavior, godly thinking, learn how to find the basics, those things that naturally bring us gratitude. All right, Jonathan, this next point is totally cool. It is, and I, you know, it's one of those things that I will probably quote forever. I wish I made it up, but I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is so, so well stated. This is from uh, a gratitude inspirational video uh, with Eckhart Tolle. And this is from a, a Tony Robbins video. Listen carefully to the phraseology in this next soundbite. Gratefulness is the experience of the great fullness of life. And when you're in the great fullness of life, the bowl of life is so full, it's almost overflowing, but not quite. Not yet dribbling over the edges. Mm. And you're one with God, one with the universe, and there is no other. When you stand in and live in the great fullness of life. And that great fullness is so powerful that it overflows into a fountain, the bowl of life. And that puts you in this other branch of gratitude he calls Thanksgiving. And when you're in the branch of gratitude called Thanksgiving, the bowl of life is overflowing. And you're so grateful that there's an other because all you want to do is give and share and serve and contribute. And that's so fulfilling. It puts you back in the great fullness of life. So, so yes. you can live in that cycle. You can actually live in that cycle no matter what your financial circumstances. So when we talk about being grateful, 
let's rephrase that a little bit and talk about living in great fullness of life. And that just adds a dimension that just never occurred to me before I heard that. It is just this, this big, powerful gratefulness, great fullness, because that's really what the words are saying. This great fullness can always be accessible, but it is rarely ever sought for. So finding it requires learning to dive deeply into the waters of praise and refer- reverence. And Jonathan, that's, that's work. It doesn't necessarily come easy. It is. And here's the thing. This is not talking about emotion. This is not talking about emotionalism. It's not talking about feeling. It's talking about being in that great fullness of life. You don't just feel that way. This is not the, you know, you, you hear a, 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 a Bible sermon and you're like all excited. That's, that's not what gratitude is. Gratitude is that life-changing, smoldering fire that, that once you allow it to, to, to begin, it's not going to go out because it's going to grow and it's going to create the heat and the energy to actually change you. That's what we're talking about here. We find that in Psalm 95, verses 1 through 6. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. And Rick, that scripture reminds me, um, when I work uh, throughout the day, I'm, I'm often alone. And to keep my mind centered, I often sing hymns. Um, and there are three specifically I sing to the Lord. One is great is thy faithfulness. Uh, that's, you know, he is faithful and true and has been from the beginning of creation on to, to everlasting life. Amazing grace. I mean, what inspiration that is. Grace given to us freely. And the other is how great thou art. Uh, looking up at those stars and we're just seeing the power and the might of our creator. And that helps me to keep my focus away from worldly thought and, and, and things that just waste time. So you're doing exactly what this second letter of the acronym GLAD is talking about. G was for generating awareness to our surroundings, but L is learning to find and focus on things that naturally bring gratitude. So what you're doing is in the midst of what might be, I don't know, could be boring work sometimes. Yes. You're finding something that naturally brings you gratitude and you're doing your work and focusing on that which naturally brings gratitude. And so the day is not just, oh, what a boring day. It was what a joyous day. Yes. Because I got, so that's a perfect example of lifting ourselves higher by choice, by focusing on the things that naturally bring gratitude. Let's go to verses three to six of Psalm 95. For the Lord is great, a great God and a great king above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountain are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. See, now, Jonathan, this is a great, again, another little tutorial about finding those things that naturally bring gratitude. Because in these verses, it breaks down. It says, the depths of the earth and the peaks of the mountain. It takes the opposites. It says, well, both of those are God's. The sea is his and the dry land is his. It takes the opposite and says, both of those are God's. So one of the methods of learning to find that gratitude and things that naturally bring gratitude is take those things and break them into pieces. And look at the pieces and say, this is our God. And that's what you do with those hymns. Each of those hymns has a slightly different look at that same God. 
Exactly. And bring something higher. So what's the gratitude lesson here as we are learning to find and focus on things that naturally bring gratitude? Well, Rick, learning to see the reasons that surround you to be grateful will lead you to seeing those reasons and everything else in life through the lens of gratefulness. Okay, gratefulness, gratefulness. See the reasons that surround you to be grateful, and that leads you seeing those reasons and everything else through a different lens. So let me go back to the story of the barnyard in my house. <laughs> okay, because again, I am not an animal person. And you know, I, got, I just got to describe, Emily and Don's dog is a puppy. Uh, she, I don't know, seven or eight months old, but she's a, a big puppy, and she is a really happy, joyful dog. But she's clumsy, <laughs> and, and and she just has this exuberance that it's really hard to, to to tamp down, and you know and and so when I look at that, see my nature is like, well, you get the dog away from the other dog, <laughs> but what I have to look at is look at the exuberance of that dog. I've actually nicknamed her Prancer. Because, because when she runs through the house, I mean, she catches air when she leaps. I mean, it's really, she looks like she's like, you know, Air Jordan kind of dog, you know, flying around and just having such a great time. And, and their little cat, it's a little, little, little tiny little cat. And um, this cat can climb around through or over anything. And as a matter of fact, I had to put an extra door up in the house because what we put to keep her in one room just didn't work. She just found her way over. So I've nicknamed her Ninja. And <laughs> But see, for me, that's finding the good in something that would aggravate me, <laughs> to be honest. And, you know, the gratitude comes from my daughter and her husband are okay. Uh, when the tree fell on their house, it fell right over their guest room and their bedroom. So... In the middle of the night, they heard this huge bang and, you know, their ceiling is buckling and the rafters are all shattered up on top. And, and now, you know, there's all the water damage on that side of the house because it was a really big, huge storm. But they're okay. And the dog's okay. And the cat's okay. And we're finding a way through it. And even though it doesn't suit my, my personal nature, it is a cause for deep, great, powerful powerful gratitude. So look, it really comes down to this idea of gratefulness in our lives. It is really awesome. So where do we go from here? We simply go to the next step. So far, our journey toward gratitude is all about recognition. What about applying what we observe? If you disagree with some of Rick and Jonathan's viewpoints, no matter your beliefs, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us at ChristianQuestions.com or through our app by searching for Christian Questions in your app store. Our producers are feeding us your awesome comments and questions every week, so keep them coming. In this next CQ chapter, we're going 3D. Three viewpoints. Christian, secular, and neutral. So Jonathan, and this is important, we have to clearly see and understand that which we would seriously apply. To truly apply anything to the point of making it a habit requires a firm, focused decision to absolutely make it our own. Permanently attaching ourselves to a gratitude-based way of living is no exception. And making such a decision will make us what? 
GLAD. And that's the acronym. That's what we're focusing on. That's where we're going with this. The idea is that we can have this gladness in our lives because what we are looking to do, what we're looking to, to, to be is on a different level. So let's get started with this with a uh, another soundbite. This is the amazing effects of gratitude again from Brain uh, uh, Braincraft, and uh, this is about the benefits of noticing. And that and you know that's the key, Jonathan. We were talking about learning to to notice things in in your in your life. He, this is about the benefits of noticing. There are even benefits in just noting how grateful you are. Another study asked people to write down three things that went well that day and why for one week. At the end of the week, people were slightly happier than at the beginning, and over time, their happiness scores kept improving. After one month, they were 5% happier, and after six months, 9% happier, just from one week of writing a journal. A similar study with participants with heart disease found that keeping a gratitude journal increased their heart health and quality of sleep, perhaps because it reduces stress. Counting your blessings quite literally makes people happier and healthier. There you go. You want to be happier and healthier, count your blessings, write things down, focus on those things that would be benefits. So that was about benefits of noticing. Now let's talk about benefits we can offer. Seek your rewind at christianquestions.com. Hit the newsletter sign up tab and register for the CQ Rewind outline full of graphics and illustrations, a topical Bible study sent to you each week, and it is a free service. Okay, CQ Rewind is a free service, and that's something to be thankful for. Really, really, truly is anything that you can get that has such such power to lift you up, and it doesn't cost you anything, you got to try it out. you got to at least try it. Jonathan, before we continue, uh, let us go. Uh, Trish has got a chat comment, I believe, so let's hear what the chat board has to say. Okay, this um, came in, Rick and Jonathan says, Thank you, Rick and Jonathan. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, says, when the leper saw that he was healed, he fell down on his face, giving thanks. It says, gratitude, I find, is meaningful thankfulness. Yes, a wonderful subject. Moaning and groaning, this is not good for us. We should be grateful that we have and not think of what we want. Yes, what we want yesterday, we are impatient for as human beings. All right. Thanks, Trish, for that. And, and it's, it's so important. You know, g- gratitude is thankfulness in, a, in, a, in an active way. Gratitude is the, taking the, the core of thankfulness and expanding it and letting it grow and letting it take root and letting it stay in our lives. And if you live with gratitude, your life can change. So let's get back to our acronym. G was what? Generate. Okay. Generate awareness. Generate awareness. L was what? Learning to find and focus on that which deserves gratitude. Okay, so A is what? Abide. Abide in the present, for that is where gratitude flourishes. Okay, abide in the present. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I always think about it. You know, there's no pun intended. But, you know, th- and there was a saying, something about, you know, uh, today is, is very special. That's why it's called the present. You know, some, something to that effect. And I we like really it. have to abide in the gift of today because that's where gratitude flourishes. Here's the thing. And, folks, pay attention to this. Gratitude requires that we leave the past behind us because the past will steal away 
the value of the present. It steals it. Okay, we, it's, in the same, it's the same with the future. Too much attention to the future dilutes the power of the present. So the past is going to steal the um, value of the present, and the future can dilute the power of the present. We're going to talk about that through a couple of scriptures because that's really an important uh, concept about living here and now, in the here and now, even if the here and now is full of difficult things. Still live there because there are ways and reasons for gratitude in the midst of all of those. Great quote from William Arthur Ward. Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Okay, gratitude transforms. That's what he's saying. It's really, really simple. Again, let's go over those, those concepts from just before the quote. The past steals the value of the present and therefore steals our gratitude opportunities. The next scripture, Jonathan, we're going to go over, and we were talking about this before the, uh, the podcast today. Uh, this is a sad scripture. It is. Okay, and, but, and it's about the past or a perception of the past stealing the value of the present. This is Exodus 16, 1-4, uh, and this is Israel after they have been released from slavery miraculously, and now they're in the wilderness. Now, God has miraculously, through the ten plagues, found a way to deliver maybe about two million people from slavery. And here's what's happening. And all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin after their departure from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand, Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Well, Rick, <laughs> a, a slow, constant drone, grumbling, murmuring, it, you know, it, it can change the heart condition if you let it, you know, avoid murmuring because it's so damaging. And, and here they were. They had just been delivered miraculously, millions of them. There had, in, in all of the world history, there had never been a deliverance like this, ever, ever. And, 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 and now they're saying, oh, that we were back in Egypt. I mean, because they were hungry, they longed for the good old days. Because that is their perception. What was the good old days? <laughs> Slavery and misery for 142 years. Ugh. But see, Jonathan, they were hungry, and so they just looked back. They found one piece of that they remembered that had something. Okay, well, at least we had food. Yeah, but you were miserable. You were dying. Generations of you were dying in slavery and in the wickedness of it all. They forgot the goodness of God. Did they think that God would miraculously free them and protect them only to let them starve? I mean, hello? (laughs) (laughs) Where was their gratitude? Where was their faith? Verse 4 of Exodus 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not that they will walk in my instruction. So God set this up as a test for them. And he said, okay, look, I'll feed you, but you're going to have to do a little work for it. And he set it up to see if they were going to actually obey and follow. I mean, look, Israel's past was tyranny. And then God's care became obvious 
through the miracles, through the coming of Moses, through all of the uh, all of the, the face-offs that Moses and the Pharaoh had. Okay, God's care became obvious, but the hardship didn't stop. And see, gratitude—that's where it begins. Where God's care may be obvious, but the hardship doesn't go away. Israel's choice was to dwell with their previous cries of desperation or allow them to become, uh, or they could change, and they could allow them to become murmurings and then voices of thankfulness. You see, you've got to start somewhere, and sometimes we can't even put our gratitude into, into fullness. Sometimes it's kind of slow and kind of difficult to get started. But in, in, in their case, it was, it was non-existent. They needed to be tested. Are we going to go to that length? Are we going to say, gee, you know, um, oh, that God could bring me back to what I was? I mean, you don't want to go back to what you were. No, I do not. <laughs> I'm so, thankful. The Lord uh, lifted me out of that. Yeah, and, and it's a matter of living in the present. And Israel had the opportunity to look around and say, we're hungry. But you know what? God brought us to this place of hunger. God himself brought us here. Surely he must have a plan for this. I just don't know what it is and my stomach's growling. Okay, that's fine. But don't forget the obvious. Don't forget living in the grace of God. Let's go to another soundbite from uh, Show Gratitude, Always uh, Be Thankful. This is from Inspire Discipline. And this is a quote. uh, This is actually Tony Robbins, who is a master at teaching the power of being able to change your life by applying very clear principles. I think um, gratitude is the most spiritual, most important emotion of all. It's the antidote to the two things that stop us, which are fear and anger. Mm -hmm. Fear is why we don't take action, and anger is why we get stuck. And you can't be grateful and angry simultaneously. You can't be fearful and be grateful simultaneously. So it's really the reset button, and it's the cleanser of the soul. What it does when you're grateful, it's no longer about me, right? It's really about giving thanks. And when it's about giving thanks, you disappear. When you disappear, I believe you reconnect to the divine. That's a powerful statement. And, and, you know, fear and anger are what get in our way. And when we give thanks to counteract the fear and the anger, it's about you disappearing. I think that is such a cool way to put it. Go ahead. And I think it's a reset button really hit me. If you want to reset your thinking, be grateful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It is. It is. It is that. You know what it it reminds me of? It reminds me of that Staples button. Oh, that was easy. You know, click. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yes. Because what we need to do is go find those things. You know, you've got to generate the energy. You've got to start to look around for things that naturally bring gratitude. And then you've got to decide, that's where I'm going to live. That's where we are. We're talking about abiding in the present because that's where gratitude flourishes. And even in the midst of trial and tribulation and difficulty, there can be great gratitude. First Peter 4, 12 to 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you are sharing the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also in the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. Okay. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing. Do not be surprised at the fiery trials which come upon you. Keep on rejoicing. You know, and this is not just saying, do not, you know, it says, beloved, do not be surprised if you stub your toe one day. 
That's not what this is talking about. Do not do do not do not be surprised if you if you go to get your haircut and it's a really bad haircut and you have to you know deal with it for the next few months till your hair grows back in. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying you know don't be surprised if if you go to work and your boss yells at you one day. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. These are life altering experiences. And he's saying you're going to have them and they're going to be hard and going to test you right to the nth degree. But he's saying somehow you have to keep on rejoicing. Hit that reset button because find gratitude in the fact, in the fact that this is sharing in the sufferings of Christ. So I can be grateful for that. Even if I don't feel good, I can be grateful. See, gratefulness is not, thankfulness, gratitude is not at all dependent on how we feel. It's dependent on, gratitude is a function of how we choose to see. That's what gratitude is. It's a function of how we choose to see. Gratitude in the present employs the value of the power of right now to lift us higher right now. Now remember, gratitude, our, our past rather, can steal the present, okay? And steal our gratitude opportunities. Now let's take a look at well, actually, you know, the, the, that last verse was, I'm sorry, it was the future diluting things. Because when we're in the middle of a trial, Jonathan, one of the things that we always focus on is, I wish it was over. I wish it was over. I wish I didn't have to deal with it. I wish things were different. I wish, I wish, I wish. And we stop working on the present and we long for the future. And that dilutes the power of working through the trial. Don't let that happen. Gratitude in the present employs the value and power of right now and lifts us higher right now. Now let's go to Psalm 92, verses 1 to 4. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. With the stringed lute and the harp, with resounding music upon the lair, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. So, gratitude in the present and this is talking about singing and praising and you know and, and it's talking about a lot of this outward feeling and outward um it almost sounds like euphoria but jonathan i don't think that that's what this is talking about this is talking about an expression of a true sense of god because god is built to bless his way his time his circumstances for his purposes and if we can get a hold of that, that is cause to sing. Now, look, some of us can't sing, okay? You, you can sing. Me, not so much. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I can't have the attitude of singing. And that's really what this is talking about. What's our gratitude lesson here? Well, Rick, abiding in the present with unmistakable gratitude will change our outlook, our introspection, and the value of our very presence to others. Okay, it will change. So abiding in the present with this unmistakable gratitude, changes our outlook. And, and you know, in, in the verse, it's talking about, um, there's different parts. We've got the outlook, we've got the introspection, and then we've got the thing, the people around us. When we change, when we look inside, and we can see gratitude, it changes the way we look from the inside out. And when we change the way we look from the inside out, we can then begin to act in a different way, and that has a positive, uplifting effect on the people around us. So our gratitude through our trial can actually be a positive impact 
on those around us. Have you ever visited with somebody who was in the depth of trial, maybe even dying, and walked away feeling energized by them? Absolutely. And you think, how can that be? Because they found the sweet spot of trusting in God, the sweet spot of having peace in Him and, and, and allowing His will to overrule their lives. My mother-in-law, when she was fighting cancer, she was an amazing example and just blew me away. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and you know, I was thinking about that when I, when I said that. You know, so the power of gratitude is seriously exciting and life-altering. It is, and we need to finish the story. So gratitude transforms the very way we live right now. How do we make sure that gratitude stays? Every episode, we cover a lot of ground. Part of gathering all the information and drawing conclusions is having a thorough conversation. Thanks to all our listeners for all your feedback every week. Rick and Jonathan want to hear more comments and questions. Talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com through all our social media channels and download our app by searching Christian Questions in your app store. Now, since we have puzzle pieces everywhere, let's put those pieces together. You know, it would be so much easier if there was a gratitude focus chip that could be planted in our heads. But that would also take away some of gratitude's most powerful influence. Think about it. By working at finding and focusing on gratitude, we put ourselves our personal effort, and that personal effort brings the satisfaction of a gratitude victory. That makes us glad. Glad. That's right. That's what makes us glad. Putting the effort out. See, Jonathan, you don't want to just be infused with gratitude. You don't want to have a little switch that like, oh, now I'm all full of gratitude. You want to have to work for it because that's one of the secrets of true gratitude being a transformational aspect of our very lives. Great quote here from Henry Frederick Amiel. Thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist merely of words. Gratitude is shown in acts. All right. Thankfulness, gratitude. Gratitude is shown in acts. So we've got our acronym that we're about to complete. G stands for what? Generate an awareness of your surroundings. L? Learn, define, and focus on things that naturally bring gratitude no matter how basic. A? Abide in the present. For that is where gratitude flourishes. And then there's finally D. What is this? Demonstrate. Demonstrate your gratitude in the palatable outward way. All right. We've got, and that's one of the absolute keys of, uh, of gratitude is the demonstration of gratitude. There should be no mistaking that you are grateful, that you are in the present and living with that blessed, great fullness of life that has transformed you. Now, Jonathan, let, let's pause here for a moment because... What does that mean? Because everybody is not wired the same way. Some of That's us... Right. That's right. We have differences. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to show gratitude differently because of who we are, how we're, how we're wired. Yeah, see, you are much more naturally in your everyday experience wired to have that smile and that, that, that lightness that people look at and say, wow. What's that guy thinking about, you know? Because th that's, that's the way you are. See, in my everyday, I'm exactly the opposite. 
You're pretty intense. Yeah, I am. And I, you know, I got the furrowed brow and I'm thinking things through and don't bother me with anything and get the dog out of here, please, because I'm working on this. And you know, that's, and so for me, the outward look that comes so, I won't say easily, but so naturally to you when you focus yourself on it is far away. So my showing of gratitude is going to be a little bit different and it's okay. As long as we can all get to a point where, we can be different, not just think differently, but be different in our daily experiences. That's that's how gratitude changes us and then can change the people around us. You know, demonstrating our gratitude comes in many different ways, like we were just saying. First, it shines through when we spread the gospel. I mean, see, for me, Jonathan, one of the greatest opportunities for me with gratitude is sitting right here, right now, as we do every week and we've done for almost 20 years. This, I have, this, 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 is the, this is the best thing since sliced bread as far as I'm concerned. You, you can't get any better than what we have the opportunity to do right now. You just can't. I, I'm sorry, just not possible. Sorry, you can try, but it's not going to work. Okay? So, so all, of all the things in the following verse, okay, we're going to look at a verse in Isaiah. Um, all of the things in this following verse are most appropriately deliver, delivered with gratitude. Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to prisoners. Okay, okay. Uh, let's, let's pause there for a second, because um, did you want to just jump in there? Or? Well... Um, I was thinking in this verse, the good news, Christ died once for all to be testified in due time. You, you want to you share that with everyone right. to, to let them know the beauty of God's plan. And, and it just burns from within because you just have to tell everyone, it's okay, God's got this. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, here's the thing. You know, one of the differences between you and I is you are much more liable, likely to just start a conversation with somebody and tell them. I'm not. Okay, it's just not my nature. I would have to really work hard at that. But give me an opportunity to put it all together in a presentation like this and just get out of my way. This is the most coolest thing ever. Okay, so either way, it's okay. Let's just find the best way that we can show that gratitude and the good news. So here's what we do. We bring good news. So it's an action, bringing the good news. Why? He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So we have the action. Our gratitude drives us the action of binding up those who have a broken heart with the good news. Next thing is we proclaim, is to be able to actually say it, to talk it, to show it, to show what it does, and it brings liberty to captives and so forth. And then the next proclaiming is in verse 2. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. So we proclaim, we comfort. Go ahead. And for comforting all who mourn, you know, what joy we feel uh, to share the resurrection uh, of all where that mourning will be gone yeah. and the joy of the reunion will be real and, and you can touch it. And so that's exciting. And, and, and folks, you know, the, the, my, my, my challenge here is that we're not making the point strongly enough about how gratitude, when you find a way to plant gratitude into your motivation, not just as, again, gratitude is not just this feeling. If you can plant gratitude into your motivation, what comes out of you is so much stronger 
And when you think about, we did last week, we talked about John the Baptist. Imagine the gratitude that John the Baptist would have had for having the opportunity to be the prophet who, who, who uh, introduced Jesus. Oh, yeah. So, and you could see the gratitude and, and the strength in the way he, he preached. Let's go to a, um, a, another soundbite. This is from uh, Show Gratitude, Always Be Thankful, again, from Inspired Discipline. Uh, this is Liliana Van Zant. And what she says and what she describes is really powerful in terms of application of gratitude. Understand that life is, is going to stop in different places. And we've got to get grateful for every stop along the way. It'll stop in grief. It'll stop in sorrow. It'll stop in sadness. It'll stop in excitement, enthusiasm. It'll stop along the way. And each stop is teaching us something that we need to know for getting to the ultimate end of the journey. So be grateful about each stop. Some stops have better food than the others. Some stops have greater shopping than the others. Some stops have more learning than the others, but we gotta get grateful for every stop along the way and pay attention to how we respond to the stop. It's such a great way to describe it. Life is, is great. Look, our life stops all over the place. You know, it's the slow train that gets there. And each of these stops are opportunities for gratitude, even if it's not a very abundant type of a stop. And Rick, I know you had a personal um, story that you wanted to share about someone that was special to you in your life, um, Brother Dan Larson. Yeah. And it was a stop point in your life early on when you were young. It really was. And there's so much to say, but I just want to encapsulate just a little bit. Dan, he just passed away about a week, a couple of weeks ago. And um, he was a silent, not silent, but a quiet icon in my life. As a young Christian, he and his wife, Linda, noticed me as a kid. And they took me under the wing and they taught me about responsibility. They taught me about Christianity. They taught me about sacrifice by the way they lived. Dan was not a man of a lot of words. Now, see, very much opposite to me. You can't just quiet me down. <laughs> but Dan was just the opposite. Just, just a quick experience. There was one time where we had this, 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 uh, this meeting for young people at a, at a rented firehouse. And we're, we're cleaning up after this meeting. And Dan is there and his wife, Linda, and their, and their kids. And they've got a long drive to go home. And I think we're done cleaning up. And I'm looking around. The place looks pretty good. And so I say to Dan, I say, I think we're ready to go. And he's got a broom and he's sweeping the floor. And I'm saying, you know, it's, it's clean. And he, and he didn't stop sweeping. He just kept on sweeping and he smiled and he said to me, we always want to leave it the place better than when we got there. And he just kept on sweeping. Now, I knew Dan well enough to know that there's no arguing with the man. <laughs> so I picked up a broom and I started to sweep as well because we're not going to get out of there because Dan is not done with the work. But that, to me, epitomized the greatness of his personal character. His character was about leave the place better than when you got there. And he did that in every way, in every opportunity that he had. And his quiet example was life-changing for me. And I will always, always have a deep gratitude to he and his wife, Linda, for their, their incredible influence on helping me to become, by God's grace, what the Lord has allowed me to become. So thanks for making time for that, Jonathan. Appreciate it demonstrating. We've got to demonstrate gratitude. It also comes through our daily thoughts and our actions. Psalm 100 verses 1 to 5. And Jonathan, there's a lot of action 
in these verses. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. So, you know, Jonathan, that's a, that's a vibrant set of scriptures. Those five verses, you read them, and they're inspiring, and they excite you. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him. No. Enter. Give thanks. And we read it, and you feel good. But folks, that's not what the verse is there for. It's not there to help you feel good. It's there to show you, to plant gratitude in your heart so you do actually shout joyfully to the Lord. Now, shouting joyfully to the Lord comes different, differently to a lot of us. That's okay? right. And for some of us, that shout is a whisper, and that's as loud as those who have that, the, the character that can actually shout and get away with it. Okay, So it's a matter of putting us into the action of gratitude. Gratitude provokes action and these are demonstrations the shout the serve the coming before him the knowing the entering and the giving thanks this is how we demonstrate gratitude finally jonathan a, a, another really important key demonstration point uh, before our next scripture what is it demonstrating gratitude comes most powerfully when we are in severe circumstances okay now let's take a few minutes on this because this is a powerful demonstration point. And you already touched on it by giving the example of your mother-in-law when she was, she was very great, gravely ill to the point of death. And you'd go, you know, you want to go and you want to go talk to someone like that and you want to encourage them. And you walk away. Encouraged. Yeah. And you <laughs> by say, her. <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? Exactly. <laughs> and, and so when you, you, can, you can understand the depth of the life changing power of gratitude in those kinds of experiences. And those are the kinds of experiences, folks, that we need to look at and say, how do they do that? And then have that desire to learn the process. And that's what we've been talking about through this whole podcast. Let's go to Acts chapter 16, verses uh, 22 uh, to 25. And this is uh, Paul and Silas getting themselves in big trouble. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore the robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So, you know, first of all, when you think about they were saying things that the crowd didn't like, and so the the punishment is to beat them mercilessly with rods and then throw them into the innermost prison, okay? That's, that's far away from light, from air, from anything good, and put their feet in stocks. If we treated people like that today, there would be an out, outcry like you wouldn't believe. And so here you have Paul and Silas just for preaching the good news of the gospel, being in this terrible, terrible condition. They are bleeding, they are bruised, they are physically broken, and they are captive. What do you do in the middle of that? Verse 25. 
But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. How do you do that? You know, and the answer, Jonathan, is you find those things which naturally bring you gratitude. They saw privilege in their suffering, and they thought, God granted us worthy to suffer because Christ suffered for us. Praise God for that. Let's sing. I mean, come on. <laughs> and, you know, the rest of the story we don't have time for, but, you know, an angel intervenes. They, they, they're, they are, are released from prison. They don't run away. The jailer is then converted to Christianity because of the grace through Paul and Silas. I mean, the power of their gratitude, Jonathan, was literally life-changing to those people around us. This truly shows us the power of the present when handled with gratitude. Okay, last scripture. You know, we've used the word glad. Generate, learn, abide, and demonstrate. And there was a specific reason, a specific scripture that, that came to mind as the basis for using that specific word. And that scripture is Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So even through persecution, Jesus says to us, rejoice and be glad. The lesson today is about how to find gladness, how to find gratitude, even in the most difficult circumstances. What's our final gratitude lesson? Our actual outward demonstration of gratitude solidifies our inward sense of gratitude. Okay, the outward demonstration makes the inward sense even stronger. And that gives those around us the opportunity to draw from our gratitude's strength. So gratitude, Jonathan, and we've said it a hundred times already, but it is a life-changing experience. It's something that makes things different. Go ahead, quick. And let your light shine with gratitude. Let your light shine. And you know, it's your light because God works his blessing, his power, and his influence through your life if you are in tune with his will. What more do you want? Be glad. Live life with great fullness and gratitude. Change your life and change the life of those around you. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, hope you enjoyed being with us today. It's all about gratitude. It's all about how we think about things. We'll be back in next, again next week with another subject. Till then, gratitude. Live it. Think about it. Don't forget to contact us. Let us know what you thought. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs>